Hello. I said hello because the Brits are playing right now. Who knows if they won or if it's coming home or not. All right. It's Wednesday, July 7th. Can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, if you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend. Tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. All right, just act like it never, ever happened. Today's show is a good one. I think Shrake stops by, tells us some great stories. AQ stops by, gives us a conversation about being in the NFL for 12 years, being a Super Bowl champion last year with the Buccaneers as a player, now as a coach for the Buccaneers, what life's like, what Tom's like. I mean, good show today. I think you're going to enjoy it. I hope you do. Let's get to it. We have to talk about it. Listen, Mm -hmm. all right? We had a little segment on this show this past football season. By the way, the shirt, yeah, Suns Yeah, up. it's pretty sweet. Suns drop one out and uh, big fight this weekend, huh? Big Come on, here we go, baby. Come on, Sugar. Hey, let's go. Woo! This, this jersey is the first basketball jersey I've ever, I think, like, worn or put on in most recent memory. Mm-hmm. How do the nipples do this? this oh, man. Oh, no, they're, they're going to be bleeding by yeah. the end of the show. No, this ain't making it the whole show. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love Sugar Sean. Okay, I absolutely love Sugar Sean, but my nipples right now are just getting pounded. Oh, yeah. by oh, yeah. put band-aids on them. Huh? You got to put band-aids on them. Yeah, so, oh, put some of that tape on yeah. them. Uh-huh. Go get them, man. I got larger nipples, too, I think, for a male. <laughs> oh, man. So this particular <laughs> thing dollars. is kind of killing me right now. Yeah. yeah. But it's beautiful, and I like supporting Sugar Sean, and also 1-0 in the finals of the NBA. Yeah, hey, let's go, hey, Suns! Hey, way to go, baby. Chris Paul! Yeah. Hey, congrats to you, Chris. You know, in Mr. Ayton here has, what, 20-20, and 20, I think, yeah. all of a sudden, in his first ever finals appearance. Devin Booker's showing up in low riders. I mean, how you yeah. doing? Guy's dating a Jenner, I think, or a Kardashian. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns, they, they're fucking doing it out there Back. in the desert. This team stinks, I think. Who, the Bucks? That's weird. I mean, I think they stink. <laughs> they might. Oh, yeah. Giannis was doubtful, questionable. Then he was dunking on people last <laughs> night. What? So they, are, they're playing the game. I kind of like that a little bit. I like Drew Holiday, by the way. I got a chance to introduce him as a New Orleans Pelican line. But it feels like just Destiny's riding along with this side out here in the desert. And congrats to them. And that's going to carry right into Sugar Sean this weekend whenever he knocks somebody out this weekend. Hell yeah. He's going to continue his undefeated fight streak in the undercard of the Connor and Dustin Poirier fight. Can't wait for it. Also, grab some Sugar Sean merch. I believe in the UFC merch and stuff like that is a big deal to the fighters. Huge. I would assume so. $175 million deal just got signed between the UFC and Crypto.com. What? What? Yeah, I guess that just happened. What? And allegedly reports, early reports were saying that fighters are going to see zero dollars of that money. No. Yeah. Who's getting it? The UFC. The company. The company. Okay. Not the fighters. I don't know, because if they force the fighters to wear Crypto.com, wouldn't you then be expected to pay them because they'd be doing the marketing at that time for that? Or is Crypto.com, because they said they're making uniforms for people. Right. Is that ref out there that has that, uh, is that wearing a Mm Crypto.com outfit uniform? Are the judges wearing Crypto.com uniforms? Is Dana White walking around with a sport coat in a Crypto.com uniform out there? I'm not 100% sure sure what it meant, but I do know it's $175 million. Sugar Sean ain't seeing any of it. Buy merch. Yeah, yeah. I merch. Seriously, might be on the cage. Yeah, too. Yeah. Just well, circling I, I around know or something. That's what. That was a, a big deal. Is guys used to have all the logos, you know, the sponsors on their trunks, and then the UFC signed that big deal with Reebok, and they're like, "Yeah, you can't wear that shit anymore. You're wearing a, a re, the Reebok trunks." And I don't think they made very much money from that either. Well, see, the NFL, although there is a players' association and a minimum salary and everything like that, contracts aren't guaranteed. People get cut and fucked all the time, but there's at least some money to be made uh, if you do have a success 
successful. I guess there is big money to be made in the fight game, but it takes a while and you got to get really, you got to do a lot to get there. Mm -hmm. I don't know the business sides of it. All I do know is this thing was $200. It's worth every single penny. Yeah, hell yeah. Awesome. Every single penny. <laughs> it's going to help a man who has another right hand from Sugar Land, hopefully on Saturday. Shout out to Sugar Sean, but that's not the story of the day. Uh -huh. No, no. No, it's not. Okay. Sugar Sean might be the story every single day going forward. I get after he knocks somebody out again and does a dance probably in the cage. I mean, we'll talk about that. In the NBA finals, we'll we'll talk about it because we got to. I guess it is sports that are happening. And sure. it was I got a chance to catch the final uh, fourth quarter of that game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what I was watching all the way up until then last night, which I thought we all thought was starting at five, we were lied to. Let's remember that. Just like the draft. That's yes. right. That's remember, right. just like the draft, when we went live, draft starts at uh Eight or seven. Seven o'clock. Yeah. Seven o'clock or whatever. We're like, okay, we're going live 6.30. We're going to do 30 minutes before this draft starts. We're going to be in a room, and then we're going to go. That draft did not start until 7.45. That's right. Mm -hmm. So we're talking an hour and 15 minutes and nothing with no rights or anything. And we potentially at that time had like 50,000, 60,000 people watching. And we're like, God damn it, Roger. Get your fucking ass out there <laughs> yeah. and let's start announcing some draft picks. Now. That's what it felt like yesterday in Montana. Yeah, hundred percent. It felt like that. There was a there was a pre match conversation. Then whenever it started, for some reason, there was an entire another whole thing. That thing didn't start until 45, 50 minutes later. But once it got started, I absolutely fucking loved it. Oh, now, yeah. Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson, incredibly entertaining individuals. Okay, Tom, I assume that ninety percent of football fans have watched Tom over the last year and said, damn it, I have hated this guy for so long. He is the picture of what perfection is supposed to look. He's handsome. He's got a supermodel wife. He's won six Super Bowls now at this point. He came from the evil empire, was the face of the evil empire. Oh, yeah. He cheats. Yeah. This guy cheats Whoa. every single turn. Whoa. And this guy Probably knocked my favorite team, my favorite player, out of the tournament numerous, numerous times. Every year when this handsome, cheating son of a bitch would show up, my dreams would get shattered, my week would get ruined. Then Tom does like the Howard Stern interview, and then Tom starts doing a little bit more, starts opening up on his social media, starts doing like some uh, commentary. Mm -hmm. He has a fucking TikTok at this point. Yeah. He's doing these matches. Tom's impossible to hate. Yeah, he's he really got is. the guy. The NFL's got the guy. They got the guy. They got our guy who is going to be considered the greatest of all time whenever, who knows how many Super Bowl rings he'll, he'll have when it's all said and done. He's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Has a sense. Of, not, okay, not. Maybe. He's funnier than some of these motherfuckers that are getting paid to be funny. I'll say that. Absolutely. I will say, me, it, me it, included. It's I guess. hard to be relatable or funny in that position. He's an alien. Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. He's absolutely. He's funny. He seems to be, you know, very, very, very competitive. And you'll see that at every turn, even at the end, whenever they were trying to figure out what clubs to use, mm -hmm. whenever Aaron was the first to draw and Aaron saw the forward through the envelope. I don't know if anybody else saw this. Tom saw Aaron see through the envelope. Tom sees through the envelope, all right? Because this is immediately what I would do. So I was literally watching like, okay, is this what Tom's doing? Probably any competitive human. He cuts in front of, I don't know if you saw, DeChambeau yeah. looks at the envelope, grabs it, and then walks away. And I go, I go, uh, that's exactly what I would have done. And my wife, Colts fan, said, I see, yeah, of course Tom has to fucking cheat. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, he's not cheating, no. okay? Tom has seen the set of things in front of him and have beat it. However, that's what Tom does. By the way, Aaron would have done the same damn thing if Aaron would have seen Tom do that. Yeah. Aaron would have done the same thing. Any competitive human would have done that. But when you talk about a guy who seems to be incredibly attractive, I mean, it was talked about a lot there by everybody thinks he's attractive. He fixed his butt chin. 
That doesn't happen to anybody. Well, he naturally, he, he fucking ate avocado grew, ice cream. That's what I mean. He, he, ate grew, av- yeah, he grew he out of it at 25 years old. He ate avocado ice cream and that chocolate and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it changed, but he is, he's handsome. Yeah. He seems incredibly charming. I don't know. He's never had to turn on, but it seems like it all, all turns. He's, he's fist bumping people. He's funny. This guy, he's, 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 <laughs> yeah. charming. charming. <laughs> he's funny. It's, it has to be so annoying. It's just like Aaron Rodgers, whenever he would come on this show. Now we have to pivot off of Tom and Phil, although Phil telling us what he's going to do to oh, the exact yards mm-hmm. and the whole thing. And I mean, he definitely extends that match probably another two to three hours every time, but it's nice to hear him kind of break down what he's going to do. Right. Hearing DeChambeau and how he operates oh. was also fascinating. I think for a bit, Utterly confusing, but Tom being awesome and likable was my biggest takeaway. Like, okay, this dude is legit. Like, it seems like this guy somehow has remained a human, which all of his teammates have said, by the way. All his teammates love being his teammate. Mm -hmm. Aaron fucking Rodgers, though. He might have had the greatest five-hour live television golf performance I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Vegas knew. He was going in. Packers fans hated him. Some Packers fans hated him. NFL fans, if they didn't listen to the show this fall and didn't have his back throughout this entire thing, think he's a diva, pompous asshole is how how people were painting Aaron Rodgers. Yesterday, long hair flowing with the kiss of the Hawaiian sun. I don't know if you see that, so it lightens the hair a little bit. Every time I come back from Hawaii, I go back to uh, whenever I was a kid with like full blonde hair because the sun, you know, natural sun in there. Had the great hair. Okay, has been saying I haven't been golfing. Uh, five and a half hours, I can read a book. I can meditate. LA's tough or whatever. He's kind of sandbagging this thing. DeChambeau loses his caddy. He's had to do these awkward little press conferences where Tom Brady has brilliantly in beautiful fashion sent a right hook across the bow in the mm-hmm. Zoom call. I mean, the whole lead up to this thing was that Aaron stinks at golf. Uh, he's not in shape for golf. Nope. He's not in shape for football. He doesn't care. He's going to quit. He's going to leave. Everybody hates him. Then he gets there, starts out a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. Okay? Starts out a little bit. Still very quiet, by the way. Hey, I'm not here to just kind of quiet little quips here. Then he makes that putt. Okay? Mm. Then I then the as the sun starts moving and he starts sweating a little bit, you start getting a shot. His calves look like he's been fucking doing squats and step-ups and lifts and things like that every single day for the last three months while he was in Hawaii. He looked in incredible fucking shape. Still in football shape. Still in... He looked... Because at Kentucky Derby... He might have just came out of some diet or something. I don't know what he was doing. He looked incredibly small. But when you're talking about how he looked, he looked yoked. Then he makes that putt. And he just started balling. I mean, he started yeah. playing better than his goddamn pro. They were using his... He was starting then to start getting real confident. There were some sly comments coming in. He dropped fucking shit naturally. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, that's what I would do on a golf course as well. He had some hilarious... Qu- I mean, he... Not only did he dominate in golf, and he won like a World Series of Poker bracelet yeah. for cool. winning the match, which was cool, that he couldn't get over his big fucking hand there at the beginning of that whole thing. He was hilarious, like, but didn't give away anything that happened and still did address the whole thing and saying, we'll see when he was talking about being at the first game against the Saints for the Green Bay Packers whenever the announcer, who's a Milwaukee guy, I guess tried to ask him and lead him in there. Charles asked him, Larry asked him, mm-hmm. Tom asked him, and he played it off somehow in incredibly cool fashion, came out looking good on the other side, and I think everybody's on his side now. And I started thinking to myself, 
This handsome motherfucker could be in the PGA if he wanted yeah. to. He has the mindset to go ahead and lock in on something. He can train. He can do that. And it seems like his natural ability, I mean, who knows how much he's been golfing, but let's just assume it's been a pretty good amount. If he was, he was bowling out there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely bowling. They get the win. DeChambeau hit a ball 500 yards. I mean, pretty much every bet that we thought we threw out yesterday Pretty much hit, including first hole birdie, first hole win for Aaron and DeChambeau. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful night, beautiful day. It was a lot longer than I thought, but it is such a nice break of entertainment, those matches. I enjoy yes. them a lot. At Ty Schmidt, big Packers fan, were you alarmed about the Woolsey? We don't know. And then at the end, when he told Tom, next week maybe we'll find out something, that was a little something that dropped mm -hmm. out there. What were your thoughts as a fan of Aaron and then obviously as a Packer? No, yeah, I mean, he he won the day won completely. With that. I mean, fucking Charles Barkley had a great he did. Charles Barkley had a great day. Sure. He did. Charles Barkley had a great day. Aaron Rodgers, though, won that day. Phil, great day. Unbelievable day. Unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers won yesterday, and I, w I assume he thought there was a chance that was going to happen, and he went in there very comfortable, prepared, both, you know, for any... Any questions that they were going to lob out there and... Body-wise, yeah, golf-wise. Sure. Yeah. He said he played there last week. They caught him on a hot mm -hmm. bike. I mean, he sandbagged a little bit going in there. Uh -huh. He looked cool. He won the day. But as a Packers owner, you are, Ty. Your thoughts on how that whole thing panned out? Yeah, no, I wasn't worried at all. It was because, like you said, I mean, he didn't seem any different. He seemed like the guy who was on the show, all, you know, just kind of relaxed, comfortable. He was tr trading jabs with the guys. Like, he, he wasn't... Hey, shut up, Phil. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't being, like, timid or weird when they asked him the question like and he kind of set the precedent early like hey i get that you guys are gonna ask me this but like i'm, I'm not gonna say anything today like i'm locked in right now on the golf course and that's what i'm focused on so it wasn't like a oh shit he's not gonna be there it was it, honestly it was just nice to be like okay i can just enjoy him locked in playing golf right now because it was very very fun to watch and he now i don't know how many friend groups have these anymore or how many friend groups in the you know, country have this particular guy in your friend group. But if you have the high, hilarious guy in your group who's pretty quiet, I feel like that was Aaron yesterday. Yes. Aaron was the, the kind of quiet, high guy who was seeing everything. Yeah. And by the way, smarter than probably everybody, everybody in the room. Not obviously Aaron yesterday, but I'm talking about when it comes to this particular friend that is in a lot of friend groups. Mm -hmm. He is normally very high. Normally, I'm not saying Aaron was high yesterday. I mean, potentially. He, he did make, he he did make a reference to, like, Phil, like, activating his cannabinoid receptor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm not saying he was or he wasn't, but that's exactly the role. He, like, I, I thought back to a couple of my incredibly high, hilarious, smart friends out there. And I just, at the beginning, I assumed people were like, oh, Aaron stinks. This guy's boring. And then once you get five hours into it, it's like, oh, this guy has been, this guy's kind of been the drive behind this entire thing. Now... If he plays like shit, I'd like to see how that goes, uh -huh. right, which could have changed. But him getting through it and playing great, who cares? It was awesome. Because in the end, like they needed him for that to be oh, entertaining because yeah. DeChambeau was playing like shit. And he wasn't, you know, like really saying, I mean, he's he's not that interesting, I don't think, on, you know, like his uh, you know mic'd what? up segments. Like he Hey, just let's say this about DeChambeau. Let's get into Dude Shambro. Bryson. Okay, let's get into DeChambeau, Bryson DeChambeau. Aaron First interview about DeChambeau, 
Aaron goes, yeah, this guy's a maniac. The, yeah. thing, the things he likes to talk about and the things he likes to talk about, he's, he's a maniac, man. Like, that's just, by the way, perfectly stated as the high friend in the group. Like, this guy is an absolute maniac. <laughs> yeah. 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 What he's talking about, what he's choosing to talk about. Then Charles Barkley, right? Charles Barkley is like, hey, I, hey, man, I got a chance to listen. This guy's cool. Like, a lot of mm-hmm. people say a lot of things. I think DeChambeau won, even though he played like shit. He had a couple balls, 500 yards. Yeah. But I think we know exactly what DeChambeau is, right? Right. This is a... Like we thought, a massively meathead nerd. Okay, uh-huh. the way he thinks, the way he acts, everything about him. He's a golf nerd who's also a meathead who's eating three thousand calories of food on the golf course. That's wild. Okay, that's a whole oh, yeah. day. That's yeah. a whole day for people. He eats that every time he's on a golf course because he said he burns five to six thousand calories. So he's losing. I guess that's like 10 to 15 pounds every day on the course or whatever. He's got a whole science equation. Listening to him, how he explains putting and all his decision-making, insane. But I think I found myself liking DeChambeau a lot more than maybe going into it. So I think it was overall a win-win-win for everybody, including TNT, who got six hours of commercial time that, that they could use for that. Yeah, I thought Bryson was a robot. And then he's you know throwing jabs at Charles Barkley about San Antonio woman on the I mean, it was a whole entire thing that kind of humanized him just as See, much as it did the other guys. But he came out early and was terrible. I don't know. You oh, guys might man. still been in the pod. I don't know if you guys saw it. Did you guys uh, nah, miss the first? Yeah, I, he brought out tape. Old. Yes. Oh, really? First tee box. No. <laughs> First tee box. Okay, so I think Aaron and I potentially had similar reactions. Like, oh, no, I'm with this guy. Already? <laughs> he brought tape out. He said, wait, wait. It was right before Tom teed off. And he said, I brought tape for you or whatever. And Tom said, oh, is this for my pants? And uh, DeChambeau, I mean, pretty savage, but but he brought a prop in first tee, so I didn't really like it. He goes, no, it's for your lips or whatever, Ooh. he said. And then he, like, yeah. giggled and walked away. And I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's like, God <laughs> damn, this is not going to be all day, is it? Because somebody told DeChambeau to do that. Yeah. I don't I think do. that was DeChambeau. I think somebody told him to do that as, like, a thing. And I was like, this guy's going to stink. Like, this guy's going to lose the day. I was actually watching. I was like, all right. So, Aaron, I hope Aaron does well. I hope, I want them to win. Obviously, can't wait to see more of Tom here. Learn golf from Phil. But this guy does suck, doesn't he? That's immediately what I thought. Mm-hmm. Then, boy, that last... Six and a half hours of that thing, it really did change completely. I, I became a DeSham Bro fan. I think. See, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he wasn't terrible, and like like you said, I we didn't see the first part, but knowing that, it, it's huge that he then chipped in because people yes. immediately forgot about like, oh, okay, this guy's an absolute buffoon. And, yeah, but you doofus. know, he was carrying him early. Like it was kind of the perfect setup. I still think it would have been better if. Uh, I mean, Kepka would have been, you know, his yeah. partner or something. Or utilizing those two. I, I don't know. It like hit. He was fine, but I Phil, wouldn't say so I Phil came out. Phil was kind like of burying DeChambeau yeah, early, yeah. which was incredible. And by the way, the internet I think was very against DeChambeau early. Not only for everything that's happened with Brooksy and his caddy, and mm-hmm. then the Rappaport news that came out yeah. on this particular Ooh, show. Right. I mean, that guy was not running into a good PR session. Then First T comes out with the tape. It was like everybody on Earth was like, "Okay, he's talking shit." So now we can talk shit back to him. Right. And Phil was. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's how Phil and everybody talks to Bryson because how nerdy he is and Bryson just the self awareness he they're not talking shit to him, mm-hmm. but it appears as if they are definitely all talking shit to him and he has no idea. And then towards the end, I think Desham, I think the tide turned in Deschambeau's favor. Now, if Kepka and Deschambeau were playing against each other and Tom was with Kepka and Deschambeau, I mean, obviously we're going to get better golf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a lot more intense and everything like that. I, I think it's going to get dialed in. But Phil Mickelson, he acts as if. Did he create the match? Yeah. Did Phil funny. Mickelson create the match? 
Because they lost. He's the only one who's played in every single one of them, yeah. right? Because he has said we – he said a lot at the match, and then he talked about um, TaylorMade. No, Callaway. Who's his sponsor? Yeah, I think he's a Callaway Because Aaron's TaylorMade. Right. So Callaway then. He said Callaway has such a, been such a massive sponsor of us or this. or he, he referred to the match a couple times by listening to him that it sounded as if there was some ownership almost over it. And by the way – I think I'm completely okay with that because I think he made the decision once it was starting to get boring, and and Diggs brought this up this morning, and I, I 100% agree with him. By the way, congrats to Italy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Hey, that was the penalties. Uh-huh. That's right. That was the penalty. That was a cheeky penalty to win that thing. When the ball hits the net like it did yesterday, it could be coming home. To Italy, England plays today at three, but Diggs was right. Like Phil, I think, kind of got a, a little bit of a read um, that it was getting boring, mm-hmm. and then he started doing his golf fix. Hold on, call a shot, partner. Yeah. Phil yeah. Mickelson, look at this, do this, kind of. And by the way. I can only speak from personal experience, but I thought that was something that was missing in the punting and kicking game, which is why the hashtag for the brand videos kind of started and have still gone on because there's a lot of shit happening within a kick or a punt that people have no idea because the commentators don't ever talk about it. I think Phil and DeChambeau yesterday, Phil mostly driving it and through this entire match, him explaining that there is a lot of things happening here. And DeChambeau, when he got into the putting thing, where it's like, oh, I'm going 80% here, th- th- this, yeah. and aiming mm-hmm. this. Th- like, it, it, those are the types of intricacies of golf that you never really get to hear about. And there's probably only a certain amount of people in the world that can really do it, digest it, and dissect it live on television at the same damn time. And I think that is one of the big upsides of the match. So if Phil is one of the founders or feels as if it's his thing, I think he's in the right for that. I love the match yesterday. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was weird, too, because I think like originally it was slotted for what, like five to eight, and then it was supposed to go to TBS or something. But I mean, it was 745 and they were on the seventh hole. And mm-hmm. I think they just said, all right, fuck it. We'll just stay on TNT. Like it was nice. You didn't have to switch over because I think they did a pretty good job with like the commercial breaks too. Like it seemed like we got a lot of golf, like on the back nine. I don't know how the front nine was. I will say, I think I would enhance the coverage. Without if I question. was ever, Absolutely. if I was ever asked to be a part of it, mm-hmm. I think I would be able to. And I wouldn't. Hey, by the way, I don't think, I don't think it's smack. De- like I think this is the interesting thing. Some people heard me call the Packers Lions game, but they didn't hear the entire game. They just heard the Prater touchdown. Right. So that Prater gets on the internet. The for the brand videos, by the way, those are all highlights. I'm going bonkers in that thing. A lot of the videos I make it out of this is when I'm going. I think me at golf. I, I think I could fit it. I think I could find I think I could find a tone. 100%. To go ahead and for I mean, when you're talking seven and a half hours of coverage, you know, there has to be a little juice in there. You know? Oh, like, yeah. I think I could add in there. But I thought Larry did good. I thought the host, Charles, mm-hmm. did good. Yep. I thought it was great. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It would be sweet, though. I mean, you in a cart, just right next to those guys. Like, I think that with would the, be a, yeah, with the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, headset on. Yeah. We have... Some big news for you. Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart. Roman's non-prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health. Aaron, you're about to get back in the game, by the way. Let's go. Should send him some. We should. 
and I order some in Walmart because it's available yeah. there. Roman yeah. and Walmart. Mm-hmm. Everything from sexual health to everyday health. Your well-being is important and taking care of it should be simple. Now you can add to cart in real life. Ooh. Roman now available at Walmart or in your area. Let's go take care of it. And also... Special Roman condoms are new and exclusive to Walmart. You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin, lubricated for pleasure, and FDA cleared because safe is sexy. Yeah. Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation and increase sexual stamina. They're fast acting, and your partner will enjoy them too because there's no passed along desensitization if you use it as intended. Longer, better sex with Roman swipes. Roman condoms keep you safe. And also, they got testosterone supplements, they got hair supplements. Roman has everything to make you the best you possible. Visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's line of men, healthcare, products. All clinically tested and make you best you possible. Joining us now is a man who I'm not sure if he's on vacation. He's probably working. That's all this guy does. Oh, yeah. He's got his uh, ear to the ground, nose to the grindstone, boots on the floor. He is where his feet are, wherever they are at the time in which his feet are at a place. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, host of Flying Coach and Emmy-nominated Good Morning Football, which is off. For what, like the next three weeks? I it's think like? so, yeah. You guys work it all? Ladies and gentlemen, days. Peter Schrager. Yes! What's going on, Schrager? That doesn't look like New York. No, no. We rented a house out by the beach uh, in Long Island, and we're here for the week. But I'm back on the air next week. Don't worry, guys. I actually do respect the hell out of any group of guys and gals in media that aren't NBA finals related or golf related that are in the studio. So kudos yeah. to you guys. This is incredible. This is July 4th. This is the one week you're supposed to take off guys. Oh, see, so we did that last week. So we are kind of learning as we go here. This will probably be the week next year. If I had to guess, <laughs> unless there's another match, which was fantastic. When I watched it. I, w- I watched the whole thing. Me I loved too. it. And the scenery was so cool, but you're right. Pal. I was listening to you earlier. You want to hate Brady? He's just so cool. And then Rodgers is genuinely funny. It's like, how do you dislike either one of these guys? They're both cool guys you want to go golfing with. And then you throw in the Baker Mayfield in a silk robe, and you throw in Gronk, and you throw in Larry Fitz. Like, it was awesome. For offseason, this is great. And Charles Barkley. I mean, let's not make let's not bury the lead here. Okay, Barkley had a hell of a performance out there. And Phil Mickelson. But you know that... that- Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady playing catch. That's right down your guys' like, hey, Oh, my God. That's good that morning we, football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Breakfast, lunch, oh, and dinner. That you guys. And talking technique. Like, oh, yeah. you used to throw it this way, but now you throw it this way. I mean. Well, he's talking about it, shotgun technique. It was great. It was great. This is awesome. Yeah. But that's. This would normally be something that I would find incredibly corny, mm-hmm. right? Like, but this felt like it was natural. It felt like Tom and Aaron both took a moment where, like, Oh, I'm gonna play catch with fucking Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like that is yeah, a yeah. you know, like it was one of those things where it looked like two kids, but then they are at a level at quarterbacking that not a lot of humans have ever got to. And everybody knows now that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were friends. They actually took trips together. They studied film together. There's only a few people on earth really that can give tips to some people about some things. Like I talked about this with Shane Leckler and other people. This is Mm -hmm. at a much higher level. There's only a certain amount of people Aaron and Tom can really talk to who have been in the places they've been, at the level they've been, having to handle it. And they're from the same, what, Northern California area. I don't know if they're best friends or not, but that feels like a, a connection that is good 
just kind of see how that whole thing pans out. But them talking about his shotgun stance and how he uh. used to be left foot forward and moving there. And then them throwing, it's like they both watch film on each other. On the tee box, Tom Brady was like, oh, that's like after two incompletions and throwing yes. four touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was cool to see them kind of be, I don't want to say like fans, but like cool of each other. Because those two are you know, like there are game, him with Peyton in there. Those are our guys. You know, it was really cool to see that. Yeah, it's, our, it's our generation. Those are the guys. And you can throw in some names here and there. The Breeze and the Rivers, they're in the conversation. But those are the guys I'm thinking about, really. I mean, it's Peyton, it's Tom, and it's Rogers. And, you know, a lot of times you see these guys together at an NFL Honors event or at a Pro Bowl. And you're like, oh, these guys are buddies. That, you know, it's funny the the Mahomes Rogers like State Farm ad. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of hanging out at that set. It's like we're getting paid a crap load of money. Let's go Jake. do it. Let's yeah, go film the commercial. Uh-huh. Let's get out of town. This yeah. they wanted to be there, and you could tell such respect. We had Rogers on the show once, and obviously you guys have had Rogers a lot more than we have. But on Good Morning Football, we had him on, and we we're like, you know, Tom said he wants to play to 45. What do you think? And he's like, that's a great barometer. Like I respect Tom so much. Like I can almost see the reverence, but. Rogers did get the best of them in the golf, and you can see Tom was actually genuinely pissed at points of this. Yeah, there was a couple shits there, mm-hmm. yeah, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple cool moments there for Tom, and and I think the sly swear words were my favorite ones that were dropped. That kind of snuck past the goalie there a little bit. It was uh, <laughs> it was cool, but I would assume Aaron and Pat at some Patrick, sorry, at some point, like Peyton and Tom, even though they're closer in age, Peyton and Tom they got close, and hopefully here Aaron and Tom this will become because I think that'll help. Obviously, but like I think there are yeah. things that only a couple people on earth can talk to each other about, and that is one of them. And then I assume, like Aaron and Pat, it, like I think that is kind of something that that quarterback position I don't know if it always has been this way, but it feels like there is now a good precedent of the community of quarterbacks. It's interesting. So uh, we had Troy Aikman on our podcast, Flying Coach, last week, and I said to Aikman, I said, sure. you know, who were your guys when you got in the league? And he's like, we had something called the Quarterbacks Club. You remember this video game when we were kids? The yeah, NFL fucked over Club? everybody. Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. Oh, so here's what that was. I didn't know that until now. They had their own separate annex of oh, yeah. the players' union. So they would – you couldn't get any of the quarterbacks unless you paid the quarterbacks club to do video games. To, remember like Randall Cunningham on Tecmo was like QB12? And it was like yeah, yeah. Joe Montana never had his name on Madden. It was always like QB19. This is the reason why. It was like quarterbacks club stuff. So in the latest CBAs, they got rid of that. But you would have to pay the quarterbacks club, and it was only like 10 of them. Even, and now when you're like seeing six. guys like Russell Wilson and Rodgers and and how they're dealing with their contracts and stuff, and, hey, I want to be paid, we might see a reemergence of the quarterbacks club where if you want all of this, you got to yeah. have all of us, and we kind of run the show. It's pretty cool. Shregs, I agree completely. And the reason why I said they fucked everybody over is because they ended up doing that with a couple of CBAs. Like, they yep. were agreeing to things, and then that was definitely going to affect this. I think there's a way that, that – I've always said the quarterbacks, because as the – Salary cap goes up. That just means quarterback contracts are going up. That's what that means. Now, they can try to offset it with other language like, okay, veterans minimum guarantees are now this, which is $400,000 more than rookie guarantees. That actually ended up fucking the veterans because they could save $400,000 on yep. that special teams player and the quarterback's money all went up. So I have been a big advocate of like put the quarterbacks off in their own thing when it comes to the salary cap. When it comes to marketing and everything, I – 
I don't know how you're going to get all those agents to uh, to dive into that together, but I, the the salary cap thing, I'm on there for sure. Shregs, let's talk about flying coach. Yeah. Thank, thank you for the shout out with Troy Aikman, by the way. We appreciate yeah. that. You're the okay. man. Woo. We really appreciate that. Gave you guys gave you guys another one today. They asked me about like which players now who I think would be good at broadcasting, and I'll say what I say in the same one last week. I'll say it today again this week. What you guys are doing, and you as a former player, Pat to be wearing a Sugar Suns tank top, holding a baseball bat, the Sugar Show 94, in your terms, with your boys, with the West Virginia jersey in the background, on completely your own terms is so respectable, and I think it's the future of this. If you want to be good in broadcasting, you got to be yourself and authentic. There was a time where, and Troy talks about it, he's like, you know, Troy Aikman was going in as the number one analyst for Fox, and his bosses were saying, you got to talk more about the offensive line play. And he said, why? And they said, because Madden does it, because Millen does it, because that's just how it's done. And he's like, but I'm a quarterback. I don't look at the game that way. And they kind of got around. Now Romo does his own thing. And now it's kind of breaking open with you guys and what you're doing that I look at you. I look at Nate Burleson. I look at Akib Tlaib in the few games he's done. You don't have to get in this weird box. Brandon Marshall Ocho. You can be yourselves and still be really entertaining and educate the viewer. And, I appreciate what you guys do, and I appreciate how it's you and your boys on your own terms. That's the coolest thing about it. Schrager, we appreciate that. We do. We love that. We thank you for that. Uh, whenever you talk about the people that are making decisions, though, at places like your place and other places, they don't necessarily agree with you, Shrek. No, that's, 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 that's I'll be working for you someday, Pat. <laughs> no, no. See, listen, actually, that's the thing. I don't know if I have the ability to do that because I don't know how long the future works. This is the NAI thing. This is the NIL thing. This is the name, image, likeness thing. I'm trying to figure out how we do that, but it ends with us not potentially pissing somebody off or fucking somebody over or somebody not. Like, that is a tough, I'm not, I don't have that executive, like. Yeah, no, and those guys are amazing at what they do. And I look at the Fox pregame show with such envy and, and like awe that it's been Howie, Terry, Jimmy, Kurt Menefee, and it was James Brown before him and Strahan for all those years. And I work with those guys and Glazer. They love each other. They love the bosses. They love the producers, and they get along so well. It's what you guys have in your little world, but it's within that corporate umbrella, and I think that's pretty cool. It's rare to find that, though. We're trying to do that with Good Morning Football, and I think we've hit a great level with that as well with our own camaraderie. But What do you think about, hey, that that. Show, hey, you guys are going to last, you think, long time? Because you all I hope so. You I always, hope so. Hey, I really do. Hey, I get along Shrakes, with Shrakes, hold on. Shrakes, yeah, Shrakes hold on. on. Flying Coach, really good. Yeah, incredible. Mm -hmm. Re Nate Burleson is really good at everything else that he does outside of Good Morning mm -hmm. Football. Kay Adams, she's on Entertainment Tonight and everything, really good. People, yep. People. Kyle Brandt, he's about to host a massive show for a network that he's currently in Australia for. That mm -hmm. feel in the energy you guys have and the vibe you have, I've thought about this a couple of times. Like, do you think, and I'm not going to talk, you know, do you think that show is going to be able to with that group? I sure hope so, dude. I hope so, I too. Sure it's a good so. show. But it seems like what you're talking about, the corporate world, right? What happens is you get a good mix, but then everybody's really good. So they're like, okay, here we go. This person gets boom. This person gets boom. This person gets boom. And then they, they try to recreate that again. And oftentimes, it's very difficult to do. What you guys have are special. What I'm saying is I wonder, it's going to get tough for you guys to not I think because of how good that show is and how many people watch, who watches, and how good you guys are. I, I, I'll tell you this from my perspective, and I've spoken to the other three hosts plenty of times about it. We built this thing together. Like, there's such a loyalty to each other. We love doing it. And all those other opportunities 
stem from being on Good Morning Football three hours a day and the great chemistry we have. So I love working with Kay. I love working with Kyle. I love working with Nate. And I love our producers. I'm hoping and praying that the NFL Network is kind enough to let us keep doing it. But obviously, Nate Burleson doesn't need Good Morning Football right now. He's on the Sunday morning CBS show. He can host any show he wants. He does entertainment. But we really get along. We have a good time, and our show is different. And he doesn't have to wear a suit and tie and sell soap the whole time. Like we could talk, we could talk crap to each other. So hopefully, we can all stay together. I know that the four of us would like to. We'll see what happens. But Duh. you're right. I mean, that's that's what happens. And Pat Riley called it the disease of me when they started winning, and everyone said Magic wanted his, and James Worthy wanted his, and you got to avoid the disease of me. I, we haven't had that hit us yet. Ho- hopefully, that stays this way. There's no you know, individual diva on our show, which I think you can appreciate being on an ensemble group as well. Yeah, the D, uh, the disease of me is an interesting way to paint a picture from an executive standpoint of your people getting fucking broken off, not by you. But <laughs> I understand what you were saying. Uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about Flying Coach, though. Great show, because you might get broken off. The disease of me might get in for that, because it is a great show. (laughs) You're talking to people that everybody wants to talk to with a guy in Sean McVay that everybody wants to talk to. You have great chemistry there. The conversations are going. Ty has listened to every minute of every Mm -hmm. single one. I've only got a chance to hear clips. The one today, though, with Kyle Shanahan, I listened to a two-minute clip where him and McVay were both in Cabo, while the Matthew (laughs) Stafford was also in Cabo. Trade almost happened and Shanahan thought he was in the game, then he was out of the game, and McVay. Like, these types of stories that you guys are getting over there is unbelievable. I think more people should listen, Triggs. I appreciate it. We don't do a ton of promotion around it. This is really the only show I'm talking about it much, and then Good Morning Football. And uh, I'm surprised it doesn't get as much pickup because it's unfiltered 90 minutes of two coaches who don't do a ton of loose media. Like, Kyle Shanahan is, is available to the media, but he doesn't talk like this often, and he's comfortable with me. And he's comfortable with Mc. Mc- hey, was he still drunk? Me. Was he still drunk from the uh, house to house uh, drunk? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I know. Sober, sober, sober. Maybe high. Yeah. Maybe high. Maybe smoking dope. Let's just say I don't uh, know. he was loose. He was feeling good yeah. when he did this, and yeah. he was in a comfortable state, which is part of the key. Of this we don't do it in the season. It's just ten episodes with all different head coaches, but it's now in their downtime. But you know, McVeigh almost instigating is like so, Kyle. What did you think about the Stafford trade? Not knowing, and I'll go into their relationship because it's really interesting. But he says, what do you know about the Stafford? What do you think of Stafford trade? And he says, what's crazy is in one hotel, Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, Andrew Whitworth, we're all staying at this one really fancy hotel in Cabo when this whole thing is going down. Hmm. Kyle Shanahan's two minutes away at a different location in Cabo while this is all going down. On the Saturday of that weekend, Kyle Shannon did not leave the house. He was on the phone with Tom Condon, Stafford's agent. He was on the phone with all sorts of different sources around the league. And he was said, my entire vacation has been spent watching Matt Stafford film, seeing if we want to get involved with this thing. And holy cow, I want to get involved with this thing. And the 49ers, I didn't realize were that interested in Stafford where Shanahan's sacrificing what seemed to be his vacation to be watching Stafford film. And he finds out from a source who says, Hey, you can go out with your wife, Mandy, tonight. Have a Saturday night. Put the film study away. Get off the phone. Nothing's going to happen tonight. Ten minutes into dinner, he gets a text. Deal is done. McVay closed the deal with Stafford. Ah! Hey, go, Easy deal. Hey, go and, here, get drunk with your wife. Yeah, hey, go they, enjoy. There's going to be but some it, news coming that you are not going to want to be sober with here. You are going to want to be preoccupied, potentially, uh, Shanahan, because uh, that two weeks you just spent 
that you could have spent on the beach with your family <laughs> that you never get to see watching film in envy. And I think his exact words from the clip I listened to is he is somehow underrated. He said, in my eyes, I thought he was a guy. And then I watched the film. I'm like, this guy is underrated. Mass. Like Kyle Shanahan put over Matt Stafford in the interview with you a lot. And he, he feels the exact same way I do because I had to watch Lions games because we have a Lions fan here. So I started nice. watching the games. He's fucking unbelievable. That He's unbelievable. McVay has to be so pumped about this thing. He is. And, you know, all the stuff that they talk about. And if you're a football geek, I implore you to listen to this. When I say geek, I mean it's like really in the weeds quarterback talk from two guys who live, breathe, eat quarterbacks. And what they talk about always is off schedule. So when things go, what is it, live, breathe, eat, or eat, breathe, live? I don't know what it is, Pat, but it's one of those three combinations of things. But when a quarterback is off schedule, so – he says, Kyle says, you know, every quarterback when they're growing up typically is running around and making plays and is the best player in Pop Warner and the best player in high school and maybe the best player in college and they can win a Heisman being out of the pocket. But to stay in the pocket, that's what the greats do. And it's Montana, it's Brady, it's Manning. And he's like, I was amazed with what Stafford can do in the pocket off schedule, meaning things are going wrong. Everything around him is falling apart. But the arm angle, the vision – the anticipation he was just raving about Stafford and having spoken to McVay probably every day this offseason I'm not exaggerating he's just excited to, to work with this guy it's nothing against Jared Goff it's just that Stafford has one of these special talents and for 11 Trey, years what happened with him and maybe Goff? it hasn't maybe it hasn't equaled wins what but happened with him and Goff? might not have done the right things and maybe he himself wasn't at the right place who knows maybe we'll see if it now works out Shregs what happened with uh, McVay and Goff I think it's going to work out by the way I, I after watching Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. and knowing about the Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders curse oh, yeah. in the Lions organization for making them pay back the money and after seeing uh, Ted Lasso with the curse in the training room that's what maybe the Lions need to do to get over that Calvin Johnson curse and making your best player of all time probably uh pay you back money because you guys stink so bad as an organization. I mean, that is just, that's a curse that could potentially follow. I think MCDC maybe will gnaw the curse out of the building, but getting Matthew Stafford to LA with McVay is going to be fantastic. I'm all about it. I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan. I like McVay's brain when it comes off. What happened with McVay and Goff? Has that ever been fully out there? Because there's always been the, um, I don't want to say kind of bullshit, but yeah, it's kind of been like the bull. Jared Goff, I got nothing but love for Sean McVay. Thank you so much. Okay, yeah. cool. But yeah. but Goff was benched in that playoff game. He could very clearly play. He was already paid $100 million. McVay, does he get into that? And did Shanahan get into any of that about Jimmy G and the quarterback? Like, was there any conversations about like managing? Like, yeah. You- well, let's start with the Jimmy G thing from this podcast because I, I don't nail it right ahead. I'm like, how could you draft a quarterback third overall when you already have Garoppolo? And McVay says, I honestly, till the second you took Trey Lance, I thought you were taking Kyle Pitts. And I'm like, get out of here. And he's like, no, I really did because I know the way Kyle is and he can roll with Jimmy and just the way he would do the mismatches. So one of the most closest allies or closest friends over the years to to Shanahan is McVay. And also one of the most, you know, intricate offensive minds was thinking Kyle Pitts was the pick right up until the selection. Um, But the Jimmy thing, I think it's become – availability for Garoppolo, for Garoppolo yeah, not for talent, sure. because they win when he's on the field and he's healthy. It's availability. So when he went and got Trey Lance, Kyle explains that, you know, it could have very easily been Mac Jones, but when they did the study and he finally felt that it was time, like he made a decision on Trey Lance and I kind of was pissed because I know Kyle real well. And I'm like, you know, we all have careers here. I'm out there saying, it's, you know, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. What, what, you know, I'm texting you and you're just not responding. And he's like, but that's the point. Like, So you predicted it wrong. What you were saying about Mac Jones is right. I think Mac Jones is going to be awesome. 
we just happened to take Trey Lance. I wasn't going to give it away, but all the analysis of what made Mac Jones a good player is not wrong. And we might get this pick wrong, and that'll be something we live with. But the Jimmy thing, I don't think it has anything to do against Garoppolo. I think it's he hasn't been healthy all the way. We want to make a move at quarterback. We want to open it up. And guess what? Everyone thought Mac Jones because of Kirk Cousins. Well, now he's got a mobile quarterback who might be able to throw the ball even further. And then Goff, is McVay dove into that, or is that just something like five years, ten years? He's respectful, and I think it'll get out eventually. How he was, but like, I think he re- he regrets the way the the month afterwards, everyone like any comment he made that was positive about Stafford was looked at as a slight at Goff. He Go likes ahead. Jared, and I think he feels bad the way it all went down that it looked like he was so exasperated with him that he had to get Stafford, and now he's in this honeymoon period. That's when the personal stuff gets in. They have no bad blood. Okay. If anyone, Goff might have bad blood towards McVay. We'll see how the rest of his career goes Sam and how things Detroit. went. But gosh, Yikes. Sean He had a golf course at his house. Yeah. Sam to Detroit. Yeah. Uh, he had a good – Sean's got a good heart. I think he feels crummy with how the communication went and all that stuff. And the truth of the matter is he views Stafford as a slight upgrade from Goff. And they're Business. simpatico, same kind of age, same kind of mind, the way it works. And he thinks the Rams might be better off. Business. It's the NFL. It's hard. It stinks. It's it very. Stinks. It's hard. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Ahead, he didn't Ty. draft golf. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ty, you're up. Shregs, in terms of flying coach, is there plans for a season two? Because like you mentioned, it seems like it doesn't get promoted much and kind of flies under the radar, which you know I don't really understand. But um, also, like, has there been a bunch of stuff that's got left on the cutting room floor? Because you can tell all those guys are very close to each other. Like, have you had any coaches – call you back afterwards and be like, hey, that like 20 minutes or so, we're going to yes. get rid of that. Yes, yes. I won't that happens to coach, us. But I'll say this. That used there to happen was... to us, yeah. That used to happen to us. We mm-hmm. did a call. And, and I, give them the, I give them the ability to do that because we recorded on a Monday. It goes up on a Wednesday. And I think it's fair. If they're going to give us 90 minutes of their time for free on vacation, I think it's fair if they regret saying something or they don't want it out there. And one of them that I thought was not even close to a – but it just shows you the reverence they have for this coach. Not even close to incendiary was – a coach was talking about a situation with Belichick where he couldn't believe that Belichick got away with something. It was not a manipulation of the rules, but it was a move that Belichick pulled. And it was when they were coaching against each other and he was looking at the refs like, are you serious? Is it? And Belichick, by the time that they all, it all the play was going, it was on and it's moved right along. And he's like, afterwards called me and was like, you know what? I don't want any beef with Belichick. I don't want Belichick Smart. to think I was calling him out. And, and I was like, I get it. I totally get it. He's like, the last thing you need is to be on Belichick's bad side. But it's stuff like that. It's nothing like I trashed this player or, or I said something that I'm going to get fired for, you know? Yeah, there, there's always like the, uh, I don't want to start shit with, but well, yes. <laughs> whenever we were whenever we were early, we were recording out of the basement, we were releasing it later, we had a couple people on who got pretty loose, you know, and they were like, uh, and I actually texted, I was like, hey, you know, this could be a, like, I like, they're like, yeah, could you please? I don't even remember like saying that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a couple times where that happens. That's why I like live, by the way, because I feel like there's no, I don't want to no feel pretense. bad. I don't want to feel bad. If you say it, you're saying it. Yeah, I don't want to feel bad for it happening, but you said, like, it's like, you know, that that whole thing, but the pre record I'll go on, I'll go on here further. Like, also with this flying coach, we get really into football stuff, and I'm not as small, as much as involved with like the drama and like the headlines. Like, we don't necessarily like we had LaFleur on we talked about Rogers for about 40 minutes but at no point was I like so coach Matt LaFleur like the questions he would get on the press availability with the local Green Bay media I didn't go there but if he wanted to go there himself that's fine but I wasn't like what is your take on Rogers' latest statements you know it was more hey did you guys talk about the field goal did you talk about the field goal with LaFleur 
Did a little bit, yeah. That's tough, though. Hey, that's one of those things. I had to ask Lane Johnson. I had to ask Lane Johnson just yesterday about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles situation. It's like, how Week do Week 17, I- and, they, and it's like a dance, right? It's like, uh, <laughs> Got to talk about it. Got to talk about it. How do I get this all good, Connor? Hey, Pete, massive fan. Great to see you. Tan looks fantastic. Uh, I will Thank say you. before my question, there are going to be a lot of people pissed that you put Phil Rivers with Breeze Brady and Rodgers before <laughs> Big Ben. Uh, but, uh, you know, it'd be great to have you on every day. Day, but when are you gonna, uh, you know, send McVeigh our way? Wow! On the show? One, one time, maybe, yeah. you know? This guy. We could start that. We would have, he's not on Twitter, he's not on Instagram, he lives in his own little football bubble. And you think that he's at this Hollywood lifestyle where it's like him in the Hollywood Hills, like having lunch with Ryan Reynolds and Scarlett Johansson. Dog. It's yeah. not. <laughs> this guy is all about ball. So I'd have to get him out of his huddle. But you know what? We've got two more episodes left for this whole run. One of them. I will say you will appreciate a lot My the guests God. that we are looking to book. And I'm talking about you specifically, Connor. I think you will appreciate oh. it a lot. Oh, oh shit. shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What? You know, because we saw that pre-Super Bowl conversation between Sean and Bill. Every week you change your game. Sir, it is fucking unbelievable. To watch. <laughs> That's basically what Sean said to Bill. Sir, it is watching you is unbelievable sir that is I'm not it? i'm not as much saying that guy i'm talking about you were talking about a quarterback who might have been left on the table when we were discussing the greats of this generation you just mentioned his name in front of rivers Dang. and it might be that guy who you guys have tomlin tomlin's hey, on let's hey, go, go. You got oh, yeah. how'd you get not tomlin yet. not yet we're working on it we're, we're chipping away we're hoping he never so does anything he went and did he uh, not do media He's the number one guest on our list. We we like we would love to have Belichick, but the thing with Be- Me too, Belichick, I'm not sure what we're getting content-wise. I'm not familiar with him. I've got a little cl- better relationship with Tomlin, and Sean is tight with Tomlin. So if we can use this to convince Tomlin to do it, that would really help. So hey, you ain't going to listen to shit I say, but hey, <laughs> hey, I would love to hear Mike Tomlin speak open because I've heard – Hilarious things. And he's every amazing. time I he's every, amazing. Every time I've been around him, hilarious human. I've just like, heard stories and he like is the best dude. Yeah, of, of all time. We gotta wrap up here. We got a hard out. Shregs, we appreciate you. Enjoy vacation, man. Thank you. Keep it up, guys. Thanks for having me on. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Shreg. It has just been announced that WWE SmackDown will be at or appear, I don't think I understand what's going on either, but I did see the announcement on SmackDown, the greatest sports entertainment show going two hours of heat every Friday night, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox, not Fox Sports. Not Fox News, uh-uh. not Fox Universal, oh. not Fox blah, blah, blah. We're talking bunny ears, satellite, not needing to have Fox. Yeah. Hell yeah. Come on. Going to Rolling Loud. Wow. Yeah, Rolling Loud down there in South Florida. Hey, I think Ricky Ross is performing Ooh, down really? there. Yeah, and from what I just read, I believe there will be, uh, will be in, uh, SmackDown will be in Cleveland. And SmackDown will be at Rolling Lot. I don't know how that'll pan out. Can't wait to see how it plays. But I am pumped up. Ariel Helwani, WWE, and Rolling Loud announced a new partnership that'll bring SmackDown to Rolling Loud, Miami, (laughs) 2021 on July 23rd. First ever collab between WWE and major music festival. WWE superstars will compete in matches live from the same stage as Travis Scott, El Posty Malone, and ASAP Rocky, and others. Two and 
between Calabo, respect, Ariel, not a bad tweet there, out of the man who has seven homes and gave mm -hmm. us a great interview yesterday mm -hmm. for parts. Moments were great. Right. Everything else was terrible. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that Take means, but I'm pumped about it. You're collabing with Posty, probably. Am I? He'll probably call a match with you. We toss in a Mike Posty, big WWE fan. I think he has performed at a pay-per-view or two. I think he has done uh, beer. I think he's stone-cold it a few times. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he I has. I would assume Post Malone knows the biz. ASAP Rock. I think Ricky Ross, though. If Rick Huge. Ross is... Uh, we need to... We need Listen, Post. Hey, great songs. Love you. Great songs. It's a recipe. It's a Post Malone recipe. You change the game forever with your songs. Same song. Every song. Sounds good. Tastes good every Love time. Love it every time. <laughs> uh -huh. Love it every single time. Yep. Okay. ASAP Rocky, Travis Scott. Hey, huge. I understand. It's a big deal. Is Rick Ross performing at fucking Roll and Roll? He is there on Friday. Boom. Well, well, Ricky well. Ricky Ross Boom. smack that. See you there, Rick. Are you kidding me? I assume Ric Flair's going to be down there, right? Because I think Rick Ross oh, and Ric yeah. Flair potential have had previous. I mean, this could get awesome. Could you this imagine if Post Malone's in the ring and he's like about to get pinned and all of a sudden Jerry Jones' music starts playing? Oh, he starts, he's, they're, they're, they're raining tickets. Yeah. They're raining yeah. tickets like Seat Geek. Throwing them he's out. He's got that chain on. Uh -huh. Rolling live. He's got, hey, he's rolling live. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got a gas. Mask. Jerry's got a Shakari Richardson gas yes, mask. Yes, golf cart. <laughs> Boo! Driving him in as he's pulling everything out. Oh. What if it's against Boogs, though? Oh. Oh. Jerry oh. Jones super kick on Boogs. No. no. Oh, man. Boogs body slams him through the ring immediately if Jerry comes so let's out. So let's just do some, let's just do a couple quick thoughts. Because <laughs> once again, this is much like at the Colts. Anything that was happening with the Colts or the football team, I'm very much left out of that conversation. Okay, <laughs> mm -hmm. so they're not, people would never come to me for any breaking news with the Colts because they understood, like, no, ain't nobody telling me any fucking breaking news. Okay, that's not how it's going to go. With this WWE rolling, I know nothing about this. Literally, as the announcement popped up, I heard it. I just, I read about it quickly. It was during the break there. I heard Ricky Ross's performing. I've heard of Rolling Loud before. I believe I was supposed to go to one. I, I don't think I did, but the, maybe I did. I'm on 100%. Here's the Friday. Friday is packed. Got a little baby. Bag, little yeah. baby oh. is the baby down here too what 21 savage the baby is not here ski mask he's whiz down there would like to smoke the baby some... is there on sunday with posty oh, oh, so, oh, the oh so sunday there it is hey the baby's got that song right oh, now that goes out oh, ricky ross Gucci Mane. oh we skip right over tiger he's not gonna like that <laughs> oh man yeah. oh t Teddy Payne's going there. Uh, if Teddy Payne's, is that on Friday or on Sunday? Tay Money. So, uh, Eddie Money is. Lux, <laughs> oh, I wish. I've got two <laughs> tickets to Paradise <laughs> Sunday. Rolling loud. Can't wait. No. Um, Pack your bags. So, I'm pumped for SmackDown to do this. I don't know what they. I would just quick thoughts here off the top of my head after hearing about it. Biggie's entrance music is Wale's song. So you would assume that that just is a very easy, have Wale. Yeah, naturally. Perf probably perform Bring him out. for at a music festival. And then the only other natural music, you know, thing to do out yeah. there. Mm. Damn. 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 Damn.
on an electric guitar up there. Throw him a couple, you know, squash matches out there. Throw him a couple locals, you know what I mean? Just trying to get their, get whatever. Earn their strength. Make it happen. Oh, my God. Have Big E just throw somebody around 55 times, bench Uh press him a few times, Mm -hmm. then let Wale hit that thing on the way out. Then let Boogs come out and shred uh, the Shinsuke's thing. Have Shinsuke come in there and just absolutely dominate somebody. And then have that guitar. I mean, that is... I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how much freedom we have. I don't know what's going on. Either way. Let's Am I it. down there? Has to be. I, I didn't even know. So. No. Oh, because it's in two spots? It's in two spots. It's in Cleveland oh, as well. Shit. Oh, shit. Will they do the pay-per-view? Or well, it's definitely like, uh, want to be in Miami over Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Rolling loud, though. I, I don't know how many. I wonder how many matches it'll be. What do you be. think? You're going to throw it on there? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. I have well, no let's idea. Let's go live to Miami. Oh, let's pop down to South Florida with Rolling Lod. Which <laughs> I... <laughs> We're back here live at Rolling <laughs> Live and Smack Dodd. <laughs> Anyways, awesome. Congrats, WWE. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Damn right. I'm excited to see what content comes out of this, what the moments are, everything like that. Uh, let's talk about the first hour of the show. Uh, joining us in this second hour and third hour, it's potentially coming home for these guys. Uh, Hammered down, boys, 4 p.m. Eastern. Ah, 4 p.m. Or after this show. <laughs> 10 minutes after this show yep. ends every single day at youtube.com forward slash hammer down tone digs and at Bubba Gumpino. We'll start with the COVID cowboy, the Italian stallion. We'll start with the guy who had to rent somebody else's jersey and somebody that, you know, is a known better against the Italian Snows. soccer team, literally yep. in yeah. the first game of this Euros. But no now you have literally blood and heart and passion and loyalty back to the Italian soccer team. Big win yesterday. You guys are in the finals of the fucking Euros. Here we dude. go, Tony. Hey, this Tony. is the Europe's. Coming home, this man. is the Europe's. It's coming to Rome. That was a, uh, that was a sweat. That's what we like to call a sweat yesterday. Pat. Yeah, you guys try to give that thing away. The Italians yeah, try to give it away. Which is not normal. The back line is normally like steel curtain. That's why I, that's why I combine so nicely. Yeah, yeah. And that's why all you Italians live, by the way, in Pittsburgh. And uh-huh. the uh, the hammered down boost of, of Italy and England to make it to the finals is not, halfway there. It is. If this thing doesn't pay out. Not my fault. To the thousands. <laughs> thousands. Of people that Max bet that thing at 50. No. What? I got a 150. I, nobody told me that. What? It was max bet 150? Are you shitting me? Hell so, you yeah. know, how I know it's normally 50, and I was like, well, let's fuck around and see if we could do 100 and yeah. let it go through. And then I thought it was 150. I don't know if that was for everybody. But. God damn no, it. I also snagged that. Did you oh, really? Did you really? Oh, tell it everybody, guys. I did. I was very surprised. No, but we should be telling people. It's already too late. Yeah. We should have been telling people earlier. Oh, yeah. Okay, just real quick. Love what you did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's first ever. Fandle is our biggest. Fandle's our biggest partner. Okay, they are obviously our exclusive sports book, but do not get it fucking twisted. We are trying to yeah. beat yeah. them. Oh, yeah. We are a natural gambling crew over here. Yeah. When you beat your bookie back in the day, it was a good day. Everybody says, I didn't get to do it, obviously, because I was gaming. I didn't really get I only got like a year of the bookie life and the potential offshore hellacious uh, like that. You're trying to beat the... We're still doing that with Fandle literally every single day, trying to beat them. They're, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I bet on uh, Russian ping pong. Yeah. And it's just live. I just bet on it. It's like a scratch off. I'm trying to win that every single one. Right. I did not know there was a potential glitch in the max bet on a boost because the max bet for every boost we have ever had has been $50. Mm-hmm. They have lost... Millions and millions off of one boost of ours over there, and it that felt good. 
By the way, yeah, that, felt, that felt very, very good for that. I did not know you could sneak in 150 on this My one. My guess is your boost move the needle. So 50 for your boost equals 150 for a hammer down boost. What? Same it, amount of my liability. Are they kind of? No, I don't think so. I think we got a lot of people into this one, by the way. I, I, Good. I, I early on. reports say that there is a potential massive losses over there. Let's and I go. guess I guess this is potentially why if this thing hits. So let's, this leads right into Gumpy. Hey, Gumpy. Three o'clock semifinals. You've been in semifinals matches before. We've been here before. You've done that whole thing before. To get to the finals, then to maybe get it to come home instead of Rome. How you feeling on day of? And if you are the reason, and that queen in the country of hers is the reason that this $150 boost that was on FanDuel Sportsbook that I only got $50 out of because I don't read good enough, obviously, or mm. close enough to the entire goddamn oh, thing. What what happens today if England loses? Is there any chance that England loses, or is this a lock, this boost here, now that Italy got in? This is the biggest England match of my lifetime. Oh, wow. My God. You, go, you, go back, huh? you go back to 2018 <laughs> okay. when they lost in the semifinals to Croatia. Okay. You had France as a powerhouse waiting on the other side. That England team wasn't as good as this England team. This team. This is it. If not now, then when? It has to come home. What's the shirt? That's Liverpool lads. You'll never walk alone. Oh, but that's not England. Right? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, my uh, England tarps. Wintergreen are in a uh, storage locker that I do not have a key for. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think you're locked. Yeah. I don't even think you can get uh, back in. I'm yeah. just going to keep paying that storage yeah. locker tab yeah. and Probably I can smart. live with that. And maybe maybe everything will get opened up in time for you to get that without having to go on uh, Canadian storage wars. Yeah. Oh. Could you imagine a year? There will be a year <laughs> guy oh, yeah. on that goddamn Give me the chair uh, jersey. Yeah. <laughs> this team, though, will win. Who are we playing? Denmark. Oh, they stink. Well, they have Hey, been, the Danes have been so they are bad. playing for Ericsson. Ericsson. Oh, Leaf. Christian Glass. His youngest guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Red. Yeah. yeah. I heard about this. There's a fucking... These are Vikings, right? The Danes? Oh, yeah. Like actual Vikings. Yeah, they got the juice. So how'd that Dainland. work? Hold on. So let's go back. Okay. Mm-hmm. I actually know a, lot, know a lot about this. Okay. okay. Good news. Because I'm happy to hear this. Because when I think about like human species... <laughs> Of course. All right. <laughs> all right. So go back. Obviously, Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. Sure. Oh, wait. Oh, wow. We're going all the way back. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Okay. Obviously, uh-huh. it was, obviously, it was Adam and Eve. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it was. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know about the entanglement that happened. You know, whatever happened mm-hmm. with Adam and Eve. And our next guest will be able to tell us more. He's got massive cross tattooed right now. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, so great. Our, oh, next, our next guest will be able to tell us a little bit more. He's on the air. So he'll be able to hear this and potentially respond afterwards. But how did the Viking humans happen? Did they just, they're just in the coldest fucking weather, so their bodies all got bigger, their craniums got larger, their, their bodies got bigger. They just became, because like Vikings are just like, they're terrible people, right? So everybody, they well, got, they a lot of they're kind of savage. Adam and Eve, the Vikings came from uh, Thor and Odin. They came from Fighting gods. Greece? Norse. Norse gods. Those are the yeah. Nordic gods. Oh, yeah. Scandinavia. And the Danes, at that time, there was Wessex, there was Scotland, there was the Danes, and the Danes would come and try to pillage and everything in Wessex and Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they died with their weapon in their hand, they would go to Valhalla. Valhalla is? Basically, 
Warrior Heaven. Warrior Heaven. Yeah, it's where they celebrate in the halls of Valhalla. So, so you guys, <laughs> you guys have no, that was not an answer at all. You just wanted to unload all the information you what had. Was, what is, what do you why mean? are they bigger? <laughs> <laughs> why are they bigger? Than, why are That's they just years and years across. <laughs> There's a TV show that uh, essentially this is the story that they tell. This might be bullshit. So sorry for interrupting, but I want to let you know you should see your lawn Thrive this summer with your own custom lawn care plan from Sunday. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests. Nobody wants pests. They're called pests. You remove pests. That's what Sunday Lawn can do for your lawn. They take, all, they take out all of the guesswork and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets. Uh, your pets out there. A lot of shit putting on grass, not good for your pets, your dogs, your anything you got going on around there. If you walk your cat outside, I'm not sure. Sunday lawn is good for the pets, it's good for the people, and it's also good for the planet. I've absolutely loved my Sunday lawn care, as has Ty and the others in the office that have gotten a chance to sign up and take the very, very, very quick, I mean very quick, you go to GetSunday.com, you put in your home address, and their free lawn analysis tool took care of the rest in just seconds. That's what I'm saying. Very quick. It was sec- I was I was literally trying to remember how long it took because I, I was going to say a minute or two, but it sounded absurd to me that you can just punch in your address. But it was actually a s- seconds it happened. I, I have done it a couple months ago, so I have forgot, but you need to do it today if you haven't. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. So they know where you live. Geologists have figured out what the soil is like. Boom! Here's the lawn care that works best with that soil. Sunday is also made with the ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, and molasses, so you can grow better and feel better about it. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this summer. Go to GetSunday.com slash Pat to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom lawn plan at GetSunday.com slash Pat. Back to the show. Uh, joining, us now, joining us now, <laughs> one of the biggest Viking show fans of all time, go. was actually at one point growing his goatee, oh, okay. trying to get on the show, tweeting pictures of his facial hair to the producer of the show, Vikings, to get on the show. Also, obviously, has a massive cross on his body. Can talk to us about Adam and Eve, can talk to us about Vikings, and can talk to us about Super Bowl championships. Ladies and gentlemen, coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, A.Q. Remember that stupid run you had with that Viking hey, show? Wh- why? Why didn't that ever happen? <laughs> I feel like I. Sh- I feel like I. When that goatee was down to about here, it was unbelievable. I was. I was a walking billboard for that show. I don't understand it. He, now, listen, AQ, you do have a lot of tone digs in you when AQ is watching something he potentially chameleons into the oh, show. For instance, the reason why Tone Diggs is wearing a cowboy hat right now is because he watched that Kevin Costner mo- that thing. Mm-hmm. He became a country godfather overnight yeah. while watching that show. Then goes into his COVID cave. Beats COVID, becomes the best gambler he's ever been. Now he's the COVID cowboy. Going to be tough when he gets into a new series, though. We have all 
had to kind of figure out how he's going to do this, but that's what AQ did with the fight. Yellowstone's coming back soon. It was just reinvigorated. What if you hate it, though? What if you hate it? What if you hate it? What happened to Vikings? They canceled that show? Were you the only one that watched that show? I think it's still on. on <laughs> no. it's, one of them, it's one of the things where it went off the network and like Hulu or somebody picked it up. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna climb back up. I okay. promise. Yeah. I mean, it's the best show ever made. Yep. See, that's well. literally how he was acting. <laughs> I'm serious. He was acting like that for like a year or two. It was a long time you were in that show. I was all in on that. This guy Ragnar was an absolute savage. <laughs> all right. Have you taken any of Ragnar into your coaching style? What are you? Are you like a uh, Bear Bryant? Are you a? Uh, are you with the whistle and the clipboard? Are you yelling at the boys that you used to literally stand right next to in the locker room? What type of coach are you, Coach Shipley? I don't know. We're still waiting to find that out. I mean, I haven't really had much on-field interaction except for rookies because our vets just said, "Hey, we're not coming to OTAs this year, boys." <laughs> so did a lot of did a lot of Zoom calls throughout the off season and worked with the rookies. And I was just at that point, you can't bury them. At that point, if you try and bury the the rookies, then there, there might not be any coming back from that. Oh, so you are going to bury people? Wow, yeah. That's, you are, aren't you? You're going to be a, hey, you're going to be an asshole. You, he's going to be a funny. Ass, that's what you're going to do. You're going to be funny asshole. Is that what the, your coaching style is going to be? You think? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's my personality. I, I you just got to be yourself. One line jab. Got to be yourself. Jab, real sarcastic. Always take it over the edge. My wife says I'm an. I'm a complete asshole all the time. Yeah, she, yeah I think so. you know, I he come does. home and I, I I talk to her like I talk to people in the locker room, and she's like, "Why don't you get in more fights?" And I'm like, "I mean, I feel like you take care of it all whenever I come home. I don't understand." It. Yeah, the interesting thing about it is, I think that'll work too, especially at offensive line, because anytime you're a coach and you're fake, everybody sees right through it. We've all seen so many coaches. Were you ever scared that your friends that were teammates for so long? are immediately going to think you're a fugaze and a fraud now that you're a coach? you think there's going to be a little bit of a – how is the relationship with former friends, Super Bowl champion friends, that are now players that you are coaching? Is there any difference? I, that that three-day period during minicamp, I got more comments about being a fucking double agent. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one of, those, one of those things. They're like, oh, got it. Now you're a coach. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now you're, hey, watch what you say to AQ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got the so, feds around. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's, a, that, that's probably the tough thing. You know, all the coaches are probably trying to tell me to, like, stop being friends with these guys. But it's so hard. I mean, you've been friends with these guys for 10 years. I think if I stopped being friends with them, they'd look at me as more of a fraud than anything, right? Like, can't just be like, hey, listen, I'm a coach now. Fuck you. Can't be friends with you. Well, it's going to affect the relationship because those guys are joking saying, hey, we got to watch what we say to AQ, but it's real. There are some things that like you should not know for your own good, by the way, for a meeting that you potentially have to go into or a position you have to go into. It's a fine balance. I think you'll do a great job at it. You're liked by everybody. Should be easy. Let's talk about that team that you have, though. Hey, Tom Brady, you've played how many – First overall picks did you uh, have in between your, um, you know, your, uh, your... Uh... Taint? Is that the word you're looking for? Taint? Cheeks. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yep. Uh, five, I think. I think it was five. Center in the NFL for five different number one overall picks. Okay. Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Arizona, Tampa. Did I miss anywhere? No, I think he had them all. Okay, so this way he's played everywhere. He's been a center everywhere. What what was it about Tom? Was there anything about Tom 
when he showed up and you got because you showed up late, I think preseason, maybe training camp and a training camp. I forget when you signed with him. What was it like watching him? Because we're getting a chance to kind of know him now, watching either the match or his interview with Howard Stern or social media. Seems like he's somehow still a relatable fucking human. Is that real? And how has he been able to do it? Is he just a cool guy or what is it you think? Yeah, he's a great dude. I mean, he's, he's just, at the end of the day, you know, he's he, he's all about football. There's no question about that. Like, he's he's all in on football. He wants to win. He's the probably, I mean, it's not even probably. I mean, he's by far the, the fiercest competitor that I've ever been around. Oh, um, Yeah, it's not even a question. I mean, he, he wants to win at all costs all the time, right? So, yeah. Um, from that side of things, you see it, but yeah, he's very relatable. He's he's one of the guys on the field. He, he jokes around. He messes with guys. He's he's constantly trying to do like little pranks or like mess with guys on the field. But when it's time to work and it's time to be business, he's all business. As as you see, I mean, you you hear his interviews. I mean, he wants to win. There's no question about it. And he, it's it's funny, man. There's so many different things. Like I keep going back to the last dance thing, but he's constantly trying to find a chip, somebody that's chirping, somebody that's saying something that can kind of drive him a little bit more. Isn't it that last dance watching Michael Jordan? And I think to make it to the NFL, you have to be incredibly competitive, by the way. You are an incredibly competitive person. I, in my own ways, are a very competitive person. I mean, I've had the ability, I think, to kind of turn it on and turn it off because when you're a punter, you know, you're probably, there's not a lot. I mean, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Am I going to go outlift somebody in that? Probably not. And so I, I have to learn how to dial back and be like, okay, if I lose here, this is all right. But there's a lot of people in the NFL that if they lose, they're not, they're, there is misery that immediately follows losing. Like it is a life or death situation for a lot of competitive people. When you say Tom is the fiercest competitor you've ever seen, it may makes sense because of how great he has always been and how great his team has always been because when you see that right it automatically makes you follow suit that's i think the culture thing that everybody's looking for you've been on all these teams we just talked about that you've been on some in some places i assume there hasn't been a great culture you've been on teams that have had an incredible culture that culture thing do you think it is just one guy that can flip an entire place like that or do you think it's an entire group what do you think it is that makes the culture in in locker rooms you know, I think it's it's the different group of guys being able to all get get along well. I think that's that's key. I mean, that 2012 team we had in Indianapolis, we weren't the most talented team by any means. We ended up winning 11 games and going to the playoffs off sheer the fact that the guys wanted to do it for the guy next to him, right? Like, everybody liked each other in that group. You're playing cornhole. You're hanging out inside, outside. You're going out on Sundays after the game. Like, it's, it is what it was, right? Like, it was a, it was a, guy, a group of guys that all kind of bonded together from a bunch of different – areas of the world for whatever reason right it's and, cool and, and it all way. just it's it was cool. cool and it all just clipped right yeah. and you know there, there's those types of cultures but then there's also those cultures again where you see a team that the year before tom got there for the most part 85 to 90 percent of that team's the exact same team from a year before and now you get a, new, a guy in there that's a winner that that brings guys along with them that that you know maybe a guy that would have i don't know gone in five minutes early is now staying five minutes later I don't, I don't know what that is but there, there there is that culture where it's one guy that brings everybody else a style or play just a, just a tad higher and and that might be the, the the difference in what it is i think we've been very lucky by the way because i mean we're two white trash dudes from pittsburgh right i mean that's what we are but we're we're from pittsburgh and we're 
big football fans, like massive. You have to be an NFL fan, basically. If you're in Pittsburgh, you're a big football fan. And, you know, you're a journeyman. You've had a journeyman career. You got drafted, but you had a journeyman career. I was very lucky to ride the coattails of a couple great things. And then whenever you get a chance to, like, sit back and look at it from, like, a Hey, I'm going to go executive here. A high level. Ooh. Uh, let's talk about this at a high level is what these uh, executive people say. It just means zoomed out on the goddamn picture. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. It. But whenever you get a chance to look at it from the high level. Yeah. Yeah. I think this way, actually. This would be zoomed in. Yeah, you got yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, outside in. Yeah, what I'm saying. Don't fucking ruin the metaphor right there, please. Okay, God, God. we don't need. We don't need the goddamn. All right, we don't need that happening. But when you get a chance to kind of look back, and I've got a chance to do a lot of this now that I'm, you know, retired doing this, and you're now coaching, so you're probably going to be trying to figure out how to reach somebody, or maybe if somebody's not in, how you get in there. The thought of why a team works is so fascinating. It makes no sense. But whenever you th- you have a Tom Brady come into your locker room, I saw it with Peyton when I got drafted in there. Andrew was the type of guy. Guys, like you said, the five minutes later, five minutes earlier thing, like there's no rehab sessions getting missed. So guys are getting hopefully healthier quicker. There's no cold tubs. There's no extra film study. There's no extra routes. There's like all those things. If you can get a Tom Brady into your building, you get a Tom Brady in your building because everybody else is going to say, well, it's not going to be my fault. Like we got a guy that's going to take us. It can't be my fault because if it is, I'm going to be run the fuck out of here. So it's just, I think it's a, you got to get, that's why I thought the Tom Brady market should have been much bigger. Personally, I thought it should have been much, much bigger. And I have a lot of questions on a lot of people that weren't interested in getting Tom Brady in their building, actually. It's so funny you bring that up, right? Because, you know, especially last year during the COVID thing, we're getting COVID swabbed all the time, right? This guy. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can fucking hear you. You look like a fool. Just build a new yeah, house. Can hear you. I mean, yeah, go, go, go. It's back, please. So you're getting COVID. Hey, we're back. Are we back? Yeah, we're yeah. back. Okay, we're live. All right, we're live. All right, good, good. So with the COVID thing, the, the whole thing was – I didn't want to be the guy that gave Tom Brady COVID. It wasn't it wasn't about anybody else except for that guy, right? Like so from a from an accountability standpoint, you 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 help you hold that guy to a higher standard and he and rightfully so, right? I mean, he's the guy that literally took us to that next level. So, there were so many people that didn't want to let Tom down and whether it was a COVID test, whether it was a was it whether it was a route, whether it was whatever it may be from a football standpoint, operational standpoint, you didn't want to let him down. And, huh? and and by not letting him down, you don't want to let the team down. How many years did you play in the league? Twelve. How come all of us older guys have the same exact mindset than everybody else? All of us, and I only played eight years, so it's not old guys, but I feel like I've been through some wins and some losses, and eight years is nowhere near as long as a lot of people, including the man I'm talking to right now. But, man, you get me a vet who's proven, I'll fucking do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I will do it. I don't understand the mindset of everybody. Like, I guess because contracts and wages, but Greenberg down there in Tampa, he's maybe changing the game completely forever on salary caps on the way that whole thing can be worked. I mean, that veteran team you guys have down there that you're now a coach of and, and were a part of last year and everything like that. By the way, big games out of AQ, by the way. Hey, hey, big Come play. On. Big play. A lot of people thought maybe the round mound white guy from Moon Township couldn't play anymore. More. Didn't have a training camp, didn't have any Zoom calls. Got dropped into a, an offense he's been in for 10 years. But then everybody says, is this guy too old, huh? COVID going to get him? No, he's oh. got a kid now. This guy stink. No, no, no. Came <laughs> out and played great football, got unlucky. But now that you're still there and still a part of that team, AQ, you have so many vets that are proven. 
you guys should go undefeated. What do you if the, if you don't go undefeated, it's potentially your fucking yeah. game. Wow. Your whistle, your little clipboard. It's potentially your fault. You ever think about that? Are you watching film right now? What are we even doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's where those uh, that little office over there. I think that's the, where the blame will be pointed. It'll be pointed yeah. right at me, and I'm okay with that. No, 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 no. We are stern. But fair. fair. That's right. Fair. Shout out Gary but Goldman. Fair. Yeah, we're All very right. fair. Yeah, yeah. If it's your we got, we, we got a group. We get we some got guy reaching on, on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. we get some young guy <laughs> reaching. Oh my god! Zach. What is this guy doing? Hell. That's what we're gonna do. But Cir- c- circle him. Circle him on the on the on the. Uh, what is it? Dumbo Trump? Guess yeah. who's his coach? <laughs> if I did that, but no, like legit, the expectations anytime you have Tom Brady are gonna be very high. But I sure. think now with that team, that roster, you're talking about like maybe one of the greatest teams of all fucking time assembled. Like, you got to be pretty excited to not fuck that up, huh? Yeah, I mean it's a great team. I mean this is a, I mean it's it's without question on paper the most talented team you're you're ever around. But as you know, I mean it's, I've been on some other really talented teams. I was on that team that they called the dream team, quote unquote, back in 2010, I think it was in Philadelphia. They went and got Namdi Asma. They got like, Colin Jenkins. They got all those guys, and I think we went eight and eight or something like that, or maybe missed the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a very good record team. So again, at the end of the day, and I'm sure that that's the first thing BA is going to preach is listen, this is this year's team. Last year's team got all those banners up there, right? You know, but. This is this year's team, and we got to go to work, and we got to do it because at the end of the day, I mean, you played, and you you've been around all the cliche things that coaches try and do to, real, to, to, to drive you and do this. But at the end of the day, when you sit in a group and your head coach stands up there and he puts up all those percentages, whatever, seventy-five to eighty percent of all NFL games come down to one score. It's it's fucking true, and the difference is is three points or seven points every week no matter if you're the best team or the worst team it is what it is right so you got you got to find ways to to get those to get those w's every week and whether or not you're the greatest team on paper you still got to show up every sunday and prove it describing each coach's method of describing all those different cliches is awesome you know what i mean like all those like the care uh, the play don't care who makes it you know like that's one that goes hand in hand with like the hey the whole game is basically just jabbing. There's only going to be one or two plays in this entire game that are just going to boom, that are going to land. Who's going to make that play when that play is available? That is the NFL, basically. Even that team, were you there for the 2-14? and 14? No, you weren't. No, obviously it was a year before you got there. We were in like nine games. I think we eight, – eight or nine games, it was only uh, six points or less or seven points or less or something Jeez. like that. And we were not a good team, but we could have won – Literally four to five more games, maybe even snuck into a playoff. I yeah. mean, that is what the NFL is. It's tough every single day. Uh, AQ, we appreciate you joining us at Boston. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Coach, uh, with being on a team that's bringing back all 22 guys, what do you tell the rookies? Like, do you realistically tell them, hey, there's probably only 15 to 20 spots? Or, you know, what's that every message year. to them? This is the one thing that I said, to, you know, because being a former player now, some of the coaches are coming to me and just asking some advice on some certain things. And, I, and, you know, I've been in rooms where it's constantly, like, pointing out the numbers game. I think all that does is ruin guys. It ruins confidence. I think it ruins – Culture. You know, yeah, I think it just ruins things. And then you're sitting there. And now, now, mind you, it's hard enough as it is to make an NFL roster, whether you're on the – you know, a returning starter, whether you're a returning player, whether you're a rookie, it's hard enough to make an NFL roster. And every single person knows that 
Yeah. This guy. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. <laughs> Every single person knows that. It's 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 a it's it's the only job in the world where you hire ninety to fire forty. That's 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 the reality. Every everybody, year. every year, yeah. every year, right? And so to sit there and point out the numbers, I think everybody's well aware of that. So all you do is tell these guys to, to put their best shit on tape, day in and day out for the thirty days or whatever it is in training camp. When it's time to go out in a preseason game and shine, go do it. Make a flash, make a statement, and you know if you're a rookie draft pick or if you're a rookie guy that's to be counted on, there's no pressure. You just got to go out and get better and learn from the guys ahead of you, and go out and put good shit on film, whether it be practice, whether it be preseason games, or whether it be whatever, and just kind of trust the process. That, that's really all you can do. But if you sit there and say, "Oh shit," you know, there's seven returning guys that are coming back on the offensive line room, and you start playing the numbers game, you're fucked before it even starts. And Every play that is made in practice by a guy that you know is potentially taking your spot is like devastating to you. But now, granted, you could answer and be like, oh, I have to be better than that person. But in that direct moment, you've already created some angst between people in a room that are going to have to be there for 20 some days. Now, some people do like that angst and say like, hey, there's only one spot open or whatever. And that is a great way to drive people. And it probably has worked in a lot of cases. But man, the the thought of knowing exactly who's potentially going to take your job is one that could be either very motivating or potentially turn guys away, which, I mean, many would say fuck them if they don't want to go for yeah, it. But mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of great potential potentially somewhere that you just need to figure out how to find. And some of those people never really get there because they defeat themselves. I think it's a good idea by you, coach. I, I, I think the best thing, and you can't say this because you're a Buccaneers coach to the players, but if any rookie player ends up watching this or college guy that ends up watching this, that is going in there. Those preseason games, okay, that you're playing in, those are for 32 NFL teams. That is a combine. Okay, that is a all-star game. That is what that is right there. Now, to do well for the other 31 teams, you have to do well for the one team you are on right there. But every play, even if you're not involved or getting the ball, your effort's being checked by everybody in the entire league. If you're a defensive player or in a position where special teams are happening, there are guys watching end of the fourth quarter whenever you have had to play 70 snaps to see what your effort is just in one particular play to see if you could potentially be a special team guy for a team that you have never conversated with before in your life that could potentially give you a dream job that maybe you could go in there. So those preseason games, I think there are four was too many. I think two, it's an all-star game. That should be viewed as a fucking all-star game for everybody. And I think instead it's always, I don't know, I, I think that's the reality of the business when you're young. You're like, no, I want to, I don't think you really see that big picture, you know, AQ? Well, it's funny you say, you know, I can't say that as a coach, but it's funny the the good position coaches that I've been around take a lot of damn pride in the guys that get swooped up by other teams too because that is a direct reflection of their coaching, right? They're like, hey, listen, if I can get seven guys on this fucking squad and then three more picked up, that's ten of my guys that are on rosters, whether it be here Uh or 31 other teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for coaches, that's a and by, that's like when any time a player got cut from New England, they did not make it through the waiver wire. Nope. If, if Bill Belichick thought they were good enough to get in that building, they're good enough to get in here. Aren't they? <laughs> well, we have to pay their salary for the next five games, and we pick them up. Fuck it, Bill thought they were good enough to go. That is just like the type of thing. Like, hey, AQ, you become one of those coaches, right? Okay, AQ. Hey, 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 has he been with? Uh, has he been with shit? He been with AQ? <laughs> Shit, we like. Hey, he been out? Yeah, yes. All right, bring him in. Bring him in. All right. Bring him in. 
Brilliant. It's funny, man. You're a, di- you're a direct reflection of your players. That's what every all the good coaches have said, right? So that's your resume now or your players, period. It used to be your resume was your tape. Well, shit, I don't have tape anymore, so it's the tape that my guys are putting out there. Hey, go get that job. We need an NFL head coach friend like Schrager has. Yeah, oh, yes. All right, so why don't you go? We didn't know it was going to be you. I mean, to be honest, we didn't We didn't think it was going to be you. We no had no, we, nobody thought it was going to uh, Nobody thought it was going to be you. But now that the pieces are kind of starting to line up and I'm starting to hear you talk and, and, and really think about how you, you were in the locker room with the other guys, you might be the fucking guy. That we, this might be our head coaching guy. And he, hey, hey, Q, let's hey, go. Hey, Come on, coach. Long way from there, boys. Imagine him, Long with, a, imagine him with an MCDC intro. <laughs> well, oh. what? No, no, yeah. Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I mean, I, I could only hope he's going to dive into it. Oh, I thought you were going to say MCDC. Like he did. That was unbelievable. Have you ever met him? <laughs> no, but I, I want to be his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, talking, we're talking about eating fucking legs. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's get a win. Hey, let's get a dub for Detroit, huh? Go ahead, Dix. Yeah. AQ first and foremost, I love you and you look great. But with that being said, you said you don't have tape anymore. You should have tape, but you haven't showed up for your goddamn job here in over a yeah, month. You've sure given man. up on that's hockey talk, which comes out Whoa. of this office. Both Has both. getting a Super Bowl ring changed you and we're too small for you now? Wow. Are you not relatable anymore? Wow. wow. First, let me let me start off by saying I 100% deserve that. 100%. We agree. Good accountability. Yeah. But, boy, Cabo was real nice. <laughs> this guy. Oh. Hey, it did look great. I talked to you while you were down there. It looked fantastic. Now, hockey talk was right in the middle of, uh, you know, Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. sure. Finals. It's the, biggest, the only time, I think, really, that that's yeah. hockey talk would potentially be downloaded by somebody who maybe isn't a hockey fan, which there isn't a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, and you're the co-host <laughs> of the show, and you decided to say, you know, I, the way your schedule's out now, I'm a coach. I can't. Stanley Cup's kind of tough for me. Are you still watching hockey, or you just don't watch anymore? You're done with it? Because uh, you were a good host, I thought, for that yeah. show. Yeah. It was all right, yeah. Oh, what the, what the fuck was that? <laughs> wow. What is that all about? I thought you guys had a good run. Hey, you quit. You quit. I mean, you quit. Stability is availability, coach, and you just haven't shown up to work in a couple weeks. Hey, can't join the club in the tub, pal, especially when that tub's in Mexico, okay? All right. Hey, let me, let me start off by saying I was available last week. It, certain, it seemed like a certain office took a fucking vacation week. All right. That was planned. Hey, go watch some Get film. Get out of here, Go Chief. watch some film. Uh, we can't thank you enough, AQ. You're the best. We're happy for you. Good luck, Coach. And we have talked ad nauseum on this show with AJ and others that have played about how none of us would ever in a million years sign up to coach in the NFL because the fucking hours are mm-hmm. insane. No way. The fact that you have done it, especially with BA, who says family first. Hey, if you miss... Any family events for anything football, don't you? What are you doing? If you miss any family events for any football events, he will fire you on the spot. B.A., that is B.A.'s rules. We all know that. But I am happy that you're getting in there with a great group of coaches. I think you're getting a chance to learn from, like, literally Mount Rushmore-like figures in football. We're all very pumped for you, man. I'm excited to see how it works out. Oh no! Oh, Jesus! What a this time! Is, this, appreciate it, guys. Oh. Appreciate it, guys. Oh, your screen froze there. I didn't know your. It screen. always. It always, I don't understand what's going on with the internet. It's unbelievable. Well, it's it might gotta be you guys. Yeah, right. Well, it turns out the last couple of days it actually has been us. Oh, yeah. We I are have, trying to figure I have it out. Checked myself right now. It's not us this time. It's you. We knew it, Clon. It's you. Go back. To, go back to watching <laughs> film, ladies and gentlemen. AQ Shipley. Hey. Hey. 
Hey, can't thank you enough for choosing to listen. We're back, okay? The shows aren't great. We're still on vacation mode, but the people are giving us great information. AQ, Shrakes, the boys. I mean, we're only heating up, too. We're back, Mignogna, with another big show. Big show. Maybe not. Maybe. We shall see. Hopefully, it'll be worth a listen, and you'll say, you know what? That Pat McAfee show, 2.0, not too bad. Be your friend, tell a friend, Ty. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. We'll see you, Mignogna. Will England bring it home? Do any of us really care other than Gumpy? No, but we're pulling for the guy. Cheers.